What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Michael Mira, who's a founder of Entree. Welcome to the show. How's it going? What's up, Matt? Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited to have you on as well. I think, so you've been on this podcast before, like a year ago, year and a half ago, we did, I think, a segment of like Sunday Roundup, something like that. That was kind of fun. Maybe we could like bring that back. But for this for this podcast, it's all about you and what you are working on. So for people that haven't heard of your company, what are you working on? What is Entree? Yeah, so what we're focusing on building is really the home for the future of work. Uh, and a modern professional network. So we're actually in the process right now of transitioning to Web3, which is a common thing for uh, yeah, several companies right now. Uh, it's something where we started you know, with more of an entrepreneurial company, entrepreneurial community. We did a ton of events, and then we've evolved now to a broader platform, and we want to help more people uh, get connected and make money in this new economy. So for us, there's a real huge opportunity that we see in creating a, a modern professional network that allows people to connect, network uh, in a new way, in a genuine way, an authentic way, and also have a platform where they can make money online doing several different things as well. Okay, so let's say I am like a uh, internet person, just you know, browsing, browsing Twitter or browsing like podcast feed, and I, I hear about you and I hear about your platform. Can you kind of walk us through a little bit of like what what could someone do or what would someone experience if they landed on your website and they wanted to engage with what you're building? Can you, can you walk through that experience a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So we have a, a free mobile and web app. You can sign up with Apple, Google, and now DSO, which is our new Web3 integration. So it's a decentralized social blockchain. And there's a ton of apps that are building on DSO now. Um, and they're, they just got listed on Coinbase. And there's a lot of announcements that are going to be coming out with us and then some other apps as well uh, here soon. Uh, so you can sign up. If you sign up with DSO, now you would actually have a Diesel wallet and be able to earn money in, in crypto and, and do a lot of different transactions and functionality uh, using their token. Uh, if you just sign up with Google and Apple, you'll create a uh, you know, experience that's very similar to uh, LinkedIn and, and Twitter and all that. You can create content, you can post jobs and gigs, you can host uh, live rooms, and you can host events, you can do meetings on Entra. So 
we basically have a Zoom built into our platform as well. Uh, you can you know, interact with people when you engage with people in the comments or messaging or you see someone's profile, you can message them and then you can actually just do a call with them right on the same platform. You don't have to use Calendly and go back and forth via emails or use Zoom or Google Meet or something like that. Uh, we kind of want to create this full end-to-end -end experience. Uh, if you do have your DSO account connected, or if you do have, we will have other wallets in the future as well, you'll be able to actually earn money or earn DSO on your content and a bunch of other things going forward as well. So when you create a post, you people can basically tip you on your content. Or if you create an event, you could do ticketing with a DSO or other currencies. So we have a Stripe integration already where so if people don't feel comfortable getting into web3 and they don't feel comfortable comfortable connecting a wallet or they don't know about it or they don't understand it they can still make money using entra in you know the same way that you can uh, some other platforms and we want to make it really really easy for people to do that so for us it's like establishing a new platform a new social professional experience but being the most monetizable platform possible. We want people to be able to make money with this. And that's a huge issue with a lot of social platforms right now is people don't know how to monetize them. They're spending all this time on all these social platforms and they're not making any money from them. So for us, we really want to bring that and focus on that as we continue to grow. So I have a two-pronged question here. So usually um, I ask like, you know, what's the origin story? How did you kind of get the idea for the company? So I'm curious about that, but I'm also curious about, it sounds like you're kind of evolving as the whole, as technology is evolving, the market is evolving, as Web3 is becoming a thing, it sounds like you're embracing this. So my second part of the question is at what point did you decide to, um, to kind of join the kind of the Web3 ecosystem and leverage DSO and things like that? And how did you kind of end up kind of making that decision and how long after founding, if that makes sense? Yeah, great question. So uh, founding story, it was kind of like, I used to be a civil engineer and then I got into all this entrepreneurial stuff, originally real estate. I didn't know anything about tech and startups or any of that. And all I wanted to do was meet other entrepreneurs and like-minded people. And I was just searching on the internet, trying to figure out where the heck all of these people are. And it was really difficult. And like, there's some Facebook groups and this was like 2016, mind you. Right. So it was a little bit different then, but you know, I was mostly using Instagram to like connect with people and message people. I'm like, this makes no sense. So that's how I kind of got started. And I started doing events and I was like, well, if people are willing to physically come out to events just to meet other entrepreneurs and people in startups, well, how many people can we get to, to download a, a free app then? And then that's when everything started evolving. Um, and it's taken on definitely different shapes of, as we've grown. And, you know, more recently we're in a, we're in the midst of our biggest transition right now, which you, you know, mentioned Web3. So we've been looking at this space for a long time. Like I've been, you know, I've been interested in like learning a lot about this since 2016, 2015. And it, it, for social apps and for what we were doing, it never made sense. Like you just can't build these kind of apps on the existing blockchains, Ethereum, Solana, even Solana, the new platform like Solana, um, like it just doesn't work with all the different features and functionality that social apps require. You would have to pay, you know, gas fees and stuff every single time you wanted to post, comment, message, like, follow. So there's just too many interactions. Like the Ethereum blockchain and other blockchains, they work great for smart contracts and things that you 
you know, you do every once in a while or once a day and stuff like that. And you don't mind paying those fees. Um, and then DSO rolled out, which was originally uh, the app that they kind of launched with was called BitCloud. And that kind of went viral. They got a bunch of things on there. It was kind of like the first decentralized social platform. And they raised a bunch of money from Andreessen and Sequoia and social capital and everybody. And they basically, you know, leveraged BitCloud as kind of like a proof of concept app on their blockchain. Now BitCloud's kind of like a legacy app. No one really uses it that much on their in their ecosystem. Like most people use an app called Diamond and we're probably like the second or third most popular app now on their blockchain. Um, but when that happened, we looked into it and we were like, okay, this kind of makes sense for what we're building. And there's an opportunity now to maybe build on their blockchain because it, it aligns with the capabilities that we need. And we got to know their team a little bit. We became interested in it. They also rolled out a $50 million fund, the Octane fund to start investing in companies building on it. So like that also aligned. They, it hasn't been announced yet, but you know, they're going to be one of, you know, the investors in our new round. And, you know, that's all part of it as well Is you know, it's a good, you know, it aligns really well. And when stuff like that happens and when the synergy's there and it's like an easy no brainer uh, to work together and partner and go forward, um, you know, you got to take the opportunity. And I have a question kind of about the, your journey in, into tech and into startups, starting off, you know, DMs and Instagram to where you are now, you know, from 2016 to 2022, almost 2022. What have you kind of learned about, um, you know, less about your company and more about just like you, like you, you breaking into startups and your journey, like there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are like two months in, four months in, a year into breaking in. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Someone that's kind of doing it for year after year. What would be an advice or kind of something you would tell yourself back in 20, uh, 2016 about like kind of breaking into startups and breaking into this industry? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing is learning the game that you're playing. Um, that's a huge part of it. And the only way you're going to learn the game is to like know the players of the game and understand the rules of the game and how it works. And the best way to do that is surrounding yourself with other people who know the game as well to surround yourself with other people. Um, so that, that's a huge thing, right? Like understanding that the game of startups is very different than other games in business and work. Like if you want to do an online business, if you want to do a small business, if you want to do a retail business, if you want to do a freelance business, service-based business, those are very different games than if you're trying to build a tech startup and become a billion dollar company. You have to play the game very differently, right? You have to be really good at like networking, knowing the right people, uh, building like some buzz early on. You have to understand how fundraising works because that's a game within the game. And it's like much, very much based on FOMO and hype and getting that first investor to commit. And once you have that, leverage that first investor to do everything else, because it's very hard to get other investors if you don't already have one. So that's like, you know, it, it, it's, that's the biggest thing, right? And then get involved, you know, like Twitter right now is if you're getting into startups and tech, Twitter's where you should be hanging out. You can just spend 
all day on Twitter. If you follow the right people, you can learn so much and be so up to date with the information in the tech ecosystem and understand the players of the game really, really fast. Um, so there's a lot of resources nowadays. Um, and then getting involved in networks and communities like Entra and Seed Scout and getting involved and meeting these people because you're going to learn a lot from, from others as well. So those are... Yeah, those are some of the things that I, I would suggest. Um, but yeah, you got you to gotta know the game that you're playing. And it's not for everyone either. So make sure that you actually want to do this and you're willing to commit to it. That's a gold mine right there. I'm going to take, take that snippet and put it on Twitter. Cause that's uh, it's like a masterclass in a few minutes. Um, well, cool. Well, I mean, if you were to look out, you know, from everything that you've done from breaking in to building Entra to kind of like, you know, getting it to the place it is now, where do you see it going in five, 10, 15 years, or I guess in other words, what's the big vision here and what direction are you rowing in with the company? For sure. Yeah. It's, you know, like you said, the, what we're, what we're looking to accomplish is going to take time and we're, you know, we're all on board with that and we understand that and things are going to change and we're going to have to, you know, adapt and pivot and, you know, maybe make some changes. But for us, like we're looking to be the, the new professional network that goes on in the future where people can connect and network and make money um, in the new economy. So for, to, to kind of like better understand what we're really looking to do is we believe that there's not going to be in you know five to 10 years, there, there really shouldn't be a need for all of these platforms. There really shouldn't be a need to have, uh, you know, LinkedIn, Upwork, Fiverr, AngelList, and just to like, you know, network, meet people, hang out. But then there's not, there shouldn't be a need for Calendly and Zoom and Slack because they're, they're all very subtle pieces, but it's, it, all of these things are things that people use on a day-to-day basis uh, to work in the modern world. And if you want to work in the modern world, you need to pay for all of these softwares and all the people who are making money on these platforms are also paying large fees to the platforms as well. So they're paying money for the software and they're paying money for fees to do all these transactions. And they're not even earning money in the currency that they really want. So for us, it's streamlining all of this into one really end-to-end networking and business platform uh, for the modern world. And you know, it's gonna evolve. Like right now we're focusing on really this, this virtual space and the app and everything, but we definitely wanna get back to you know, events and co-working and all sorts of things in the real world too, because that's, I think hopefully we can get back to that as a society soon. And I think people really need that and that people really want that. And to make that, um, to make that happen and bring it to life, you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work and scale. So my question for you oh, yeah. is how, how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring, raising money, looking for people to join the network to be partner with, you know, how, how can we assist? Yeah, always. Uh, I think there's, you know, we're, we're always looking for, you know, not just entrepreneurs, but anyone in the startup ecosystem to, you know, be part of, of Entra and, you know, come on, network, meet some people, create some content. Uh, there's a ton of people already, you know, posting jobs and gigs and all sorts of stuff on the platform. Um, and to your point, hiring, I mean, that's, 
something that I would learn earlier. I mean, if you want to get, if you want to be a really, really good entrepreneur and be a really, really great startup, if you can recruit the best people, that's a superpower. And right now there's a war going on. There's a talent war happening right now. And it's not just happening with startups. It's happening at the top. I mean, Apple just paid, I forget how much, like they paid out like six figure bonuses just to keep people from leaving to go to Facebook and Google and other, other companies. And they're in, how can startups compete with that? Right. Six figure bonus. Bonuses we're talking about, not just they're multiple six figure salaries, and then they're throwing on bonuses. So as a startup, when you're raising, you know, a, a pre-seed and a seed round, how are you going to attract people to, you know, not take those six, seven figure salaries? Uh, well, you have to have a really good idea and a good mission and, you know, like get people excited about what you're building and so they can see the potential in it and they want the equity. Uh, so that's just, you know, that, that's even another whole conversation there for sure. And if someone wanted to kind of learn more about you, um, join Entra, you know, just kind of get involved with what you're doing, how can they find you online? Do you have a website, social media handle, email address? How can someone learn more? Yeah. So our, our website's joinentra.com. And then if you just type in Entra, like into the apps, uh, E-N-T-R-E, into Google or Apple uh, stores, you'll you'll be able to see the app right there. Uh, Twitter, all socials at join Entra. And then you'll, you'll probably find me on there too. It's just Michael W. Mara as well, but yeah, happy to connect with anyone. If we can be helpful or if you have questions or want to learn more, feel free to reach out. If you're still listening to this podcast, like 780 episodes later, and you're not on Twitter yet, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you have to get on Twitter and follow Michael, follow, follow Andre, follow, follow, Matt, Scott, follow yeah. Matt, follow all these. Cause like, if you're not on Twitter, like at least give yourself a chance. Right. I feel all right. Here's my last question. And then we'll, and then we'll wrap it up. Like why, why Twitter? Like what, what is happening on Twitter that makes it, it important for a founder, especially an added network founder to like be on like why Twitter? Yeah, I think the biggest, and I didn't realize this until like probably two years ago, maybe, maybe even a year ago, like really understood it, but the high level people in tech, CEOs, VCs, all the people that everyone wants to meet and talk to and interact with, they are not on any other platform besides Twitter for whatever reason, however it happened, whatever it happened. And that's the way that it is. And for the most part, all the people that you want to meet, if you're in tech, they're pretty active on Twitter and it's the best way to get their attention. And at the end of the day, we're all fighting for attention. So if you're not on Twitter and you're a tech founder, you're, missing out on potentially getting someone's attention by leaving a comment, tweeting at them, you know, sharing something that might get retweeted and they might see it. So it's the best way to get high level people in tech's attention. Uh, yeah, I think period at, at this point. All right. So if you're listening to this, join two, two things to join, join Twitter and join Entra. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It was great catching up, great hearing about where you're at. And uh, we'll, we'll have you back on in a year to hear about the update. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Appreciate it, Matt. Great, great to catch up with you. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely.